the tabletop Take away Game mechanics on display Three designers share the stage Pick a genre and we'll play The tabletop Take away Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is our third of our series on logical induction games where we have been taking this one mechanic and looking at three different games and this week we have Turing Machine. So I'm Charlie McCarran. I'm Trevor Muller-Hagel. And I'm Ananda Gunaratna. Yeah and Turing Machine, uh, if you haven't seen it, um, you can imagine these kind of punch board like almost like the old school coding was uh, where you line up punch boards and you see if you were correct when you made a guess. Um, so it's a system that could be an app, like we were talking about Alchemists, um, uses this app to tell you if you're right or wrong based on your guesses on these logic puzzles. Um, but I think it's a really clever system they've invented with these cards that... Um, Line, you're, so what you're doing in the game, you're making logical guesses. You put three different cards together um, to see if they're... I, I don't know. Ananda, you explain well, it. I'm, <laughs> well, it's it, a little it, tricky to explain. Yeah, I mean, basically you're trying to figure out what the number is. A three-digit number. A three-digit three digit number. number, yeah. Um, which there, there's 125 possibilities because the numbers only go one through five. Um, which, five times 25? Yes, 25. which is probably necessary to make these uh, verification cards that have all the answers not too big. Um, but yeah, you, you put three cards together. Each card has 25 uh, holes on it, and where all the holes line up, it shows you the answer for a particular question for that card. Yeah, uh, so each players racing to be the first to solve uh, this three-digit number. And you get clues like, um, you know, you're verifying that uh, is this first number less than three or equal to three or greater than three. And it's a lot of, like, math-type validation things. And also kind of symbol color matching as well to to that, you know, because every, what is it, every place has a different color and a different shape associated with it. So the first digit, second digit, third digit. Yeah. Well, I think the shapes are just, the shapes and colors For are just to help you, right, help you identify things mm -hmm. uh, more mm -hmm. easily. Um, yeah, and then you have, you the, the game uses a bunch of preset scenarios, uh, which is the same approach that I think Cryptid uh, takes, um, which allows them to set up uh, you know, scenarios where you have certain tests that you're running your numbers through. Um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think it's I, necessary to make the game work. Yeah. And shout out to Cryptid. That was my runner-up pick. But since we, I had never played Turing Machine before, you know, in this podcast, we each kind of pick one game to um, represent uh, this mechanic. And Cryptid, I love that game, too. And both Cryptid and Turing Machine are players versus the game, in a way. Yeah, I mean, they're sort of racing against each other. But... Racing, yeah. But whereas Zendo and uh, Visitor had this... Um, the moderator, the moderator gets yeah. to 
right. decide what the rule is. Right, yeah. Players are making up the rules as opposed to these where the game has uh, scenarios. Yeah. It's more of a puzzle at that point, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, what... It has an existing finished state that mm-hmm. you're hoping to find. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so in, in this one, um, the, the objective is to be the first one to get the answer. Um, but multiple people can figure out the answer in, in the same round. Uh, and in those cases, whoever's tested the fewest of the, uh, the verification cards um, is the winner. So the challenge is sort of how few tests can you do before you figure out what the number is. And a, a lot of the cleverness in this game comes from figuring out, okay, well, I know this fact about the number. Like, I know that the second digit of the number is less than four. Uh, which of these other tests are made redundant by that fact? And can mm-hmm. I therefore skip? Um, so it's, Yeah. Yeah. It's I, fun. It really does. You mentioned, like, the scientific method uh, earlier. And this feels like a different form of that, where there's not so many possibilities, like in Visitor, uh, in terms of, like, that fuzzy... What is the rule? Oh, yeah, there's no fuzzy here. Yeah, yeah. it's just... Uh, Pure very, logic. Very yes. logic. Yeah. Yes, and, but the, and, and the challenge is very much about being efficient. And in that way, I think it's a little bit better than Cryptid. Um, because, uh, I mean, you can try to be efficient in Cryptid in terms of eliminating information, but it's very difficult because of the spatial puzzle. Um, whereas here, I feel like it's a lot easier to figure out which pieces of information you do or don't need in order to progress, Mm -hmm. um, and therefore which tests you should perform. Well, and a really important thing uh, for people like me who kind of get distracted by all the thoughts they're having is that they give you a little resource to write everything down as you discover it. Uh, And so there's a little pad here where you can actually eliminate what numbers a different color shape could be. Uh, And so that's the main way I was even, even able to guess at things, and I had gotten to the point uh, for our first game, where I was like, I have almost an idea, and I looked over at the squares that had been taken for people that were testing, like, they have the same idea I do. Okay, I'm going to go for it. <laughs> and, yeah. like, it was an interesting elimination where it's like, oh, these cards are taken. That must be right. Well, that that is one concern I have with it. So I'm, I'm curious how you guys feel about this. But, yeah, in our game, I remember how you guys were, were looking at which cards, which of the cards had been taken by people in order to perform tests and how you were drawing conclusions. I'm not sure I, I like that very much, but I don't know what i do about it. You know, I, I used it for me as, like, a mental verification that I'm on the right track. I never actually sought out, like, finding what ones had few cards in it. It's just like, oh, this one only has one left and I'm taking, you know... The second to last one. Okay, great. We're all on the same page, at least, with this number. Yeah, to me, it feels like a meta that the designers didn't intend. Right. But, so I actually preferred to, like, hide what numbers I was picking. But but even, but even then, still they're, they're not right. there. Yeah. yeah. I, I do wonder if this would be a little bit better if all of us just had a copy of the number in front of us. And right. we all had if, our own little holders. Yeah, if we, we could... each had our own rather than right. them coming from the, the center of the table. But that'd be a lot more little... Uh, chipboard holster things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's one of these these things where there's unintentional information that right. leaks, mm-hmm. and how do you avoid that? Um, and, in, yeah. in an otherwise like super tight, right? Game. Super very tight, very heady game. You know. Yeah. So I. So I, yeah, I think there's. I really enjoyed it, 
But I don't know. I, there's like something I mentioned in the last episode with Visitor and Zendo too, where there's a little more room for creativity. Uh, this game, I think you you still do feel clever for sure. Oh man! Um, but yeah. It, but at the same time, one of my questions for you guys too is, how do you make people not feel dumb in logical <laughs> induction games? Because this one is like at the limit. Like I did feel like I was getting it on the first. Well, and you even got the bit. second one without Ananda and I. We were both wrong. Sure, you were right. So that was. Impressive. <laughs> I felt so smart, but um, but I I do wonder though about this game, and once you get into upper levels, like, uh, yeah, do you just kind of like give up as a designer and say like you know if you're feeling dumb this game's not for you or. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, a lot of that is market, right? Because, like, it's a certain person who is going to really want to dive into this game, and they're probably going to have friends that do a similar dive. Mm -hmm. And so as long as that is the symmetry and not like, oh, I need to bring in my, you know, friend who really enjoys, like, poker to play this game. It's like, that's not the same person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, yeah, it is really pinpointing the audience and really appealing to them. Even the graphic design, really. Like it really appeals to really logical folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, th- this is where I think lessons can be taken from, like Visitor, uh, where you don't necessarily need to figure stuff out. You can just go on vibes. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, vibes but, only. But but this this game specifically, yeah, it's it it's uh, it doesn't go easy on on players. Yeah. Actually, one one thing. So one one thing that annoys me a little bit about this game, um, just in the rules. Uh, I think I mentioned this when we played. But the, oh, is this a rules rant we got going <laughs> on here? Well, so so <laughs> inside joke that we'll explain at some point. Yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, yes. This 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 is a rules rant. Um, so uh, according to the rules, when you think you know what the number is. Um, the way that you verify it is you go into the rule book and you look up there there's a section that has all the answers in it and you look up the number there. But the the entire game is about the premise that we have these verifiers and the correct number is the one that will pass all of the different verification tests. So it seems to me that the obvious the obvious way to end the game would be, create a number, and then test it against all of the tests. So I, I agreed with you 100% when you talked about this. But now I'm wondering, because people can feel dumb, especially if no one gets the right answer, then maybe that's there to like, okay, you didn't know what the answer was. Here's the answer. Well, And you can see how it worked through all of those gates. But, 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 see, oh. but see, the thing is, the, the way that it's set up right now, if you look up the answer in the book, yeah. now you know the answer, so you're eliminated from the game. Right. Where, be, yeah. Whereas if you had a system where you could test an answer against the tests that are out there, if you're wrong... Um, about the answer, you don't necessarily have to be eliminated. Like th- this is how it, oh. this is how it works. Encrypted, encrypted. If you try to guess where the monster is and you're wrong, there is a penalty because um, you're giving away a lot of information to other players. Um, but uh, you, the game isn't over. Whereas in this game, you guess and the game is over. And I just feel like they had a really simple way to avoid this, and they didn't. 
So yeah. is the the penalty you're saying for cryptid though? That's a just natural penalty. You don't actually yeah. get like a minus one score. Right? No, no, yeah. That, I mean, the yeah. natural penalty is you've used up your turn and you've given away a ton of information to people. Sure, sure. Um, and in this game, it could be something similar, um, but uh, it isn't, and it just seems like a big missed opportunity to me. Mm-hmm. So, what are your game designer takeaways? Well, my takeaway from this game is definitely the technology behind it. Absolutely, Um, yeah. um, Because I can already see applications for this system elsewhere. Like, for example, in Alchemists, um, Alchemists is a logical induction slash worker placement game about academia. Um, And the game uh, makes use of an app, and I don't like using an app. Uh, But uh, I I did the math, and uh, with a uh, sort of verification card for the game of uh, 28 times uh, seven many uh, little bubbles with icons in them, uh, which isn't, I mean, that's not a huge amount. This game has like about 130 of those. Per card. Right, right, for each verification card. And and, and there are multiple verification cards in one game. You you would just need one for, for an entire game of alchemists. You could do the same thing with alchemists. Um, mm. so I'm, I'm definitely going to be, if I make an induction game, I am definitely keeping this in mind Yeah. for, um, yeah, this is, this is very useful technology for not having to make apps, uh, you know, just having games that can have answers that you don't need a computer to tell you. Yeah. Uh, do we have the designer name that we can applaud? Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, let me see. Um, I'm Fabian. Ooh. Fabian uh, Greidel, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce yeah. that. It's either Fabian or Fabian Greidel and Johan Levitt. Yes. Yes, yeah. very uh, very ingenious mechanism. Yeah. Definitely going to steal it at the first opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not really steal, just to make sure we're clear, yeah. but using our designs for our own benefit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so my takeaway that I'm going to steal and use... No, I'm... Um, I well, mine was also this system, but I have a backup one, so okay. it's okay. <laughs> uh, so my thought was, uh, you know, playing against a sophisticated kind of computer system, and maybe it's not in the, like I'm, I'm thinking about like AI decks or solo games. Sure. You know, I haven't really done a solo game, and not much of a solo gamer. But this has inspired me to try something like that, where it's a more clever way that the system works rather than just a deck of cards or oh, something like sure. that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think that could be cool. Just being able to layer things on top of each other and, like, yeah. oh, and like see how the, that can... The physical nature of it, it looked more intimidating than it actually was. Oh, Once absolutely. I figured out, like, oh, really, that's all we do? We just put these together and then it goes on the... Yeah, you don't card? have to read oh. the verification card. Well, that's a cool idea. Like, uh, I can imagine like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing, for yeah. example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, make choices with punch cards and then see what happens. Yeah. And, oh, okay, well, maybe we, we can work oh, on no. that game together. I love that idea, yeah. There's a lot you could do with this. Uh, so I'm taking away actually a slightly different part, which is just the middle kind of test selection area where you're trying to verify the number and you're looking at things and you're, you're trying to kind of assess what is the best move compared to other options. Uh, but everyone can do it simultaneously. 
And, you know, we I get really hung up in turn-based games because, you know, I always do turn-based. I come from D&D, so, you know, I, I'm all about turn-based. But having this like, kind of simultaneous, we're figuring out what the best moves are in the center of the board. And you can look to other people potentially for, like, okay, well, they're testing that. Okay, well, what do I need? And you can just kind of get a better feel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I kind of like that little... yeah. I've been thinking a lot about simultaneous yeah. games lately um, and seeing the pros and cons of it and testing stuff because, like, I think there is going to be a trend in games for more simultaneous play. Like, Absolutely. Uh, Earth is one example that's really solid game. And if you were taking turns, it would be so long. It would be, like, cru- <laughs> yeah. excruciating. Right. But because you can do your own thing, and in especially important in games where you're thinking a lot about what you're going to do during your turn. Yeah. And, but I do think the downside to simultaneous is you really are um, missing out on the the th- fun factor of, like, showing off what you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, and some games, too, it's like I'm learning from what you're doing on your turn. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I did have a design recently that um, I'll have to show you guys sometime, but... Uh, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be way too long for people's turns. It's a worker placement idea. And I tried it out, and I'm like, no, that was the right amount of time because you get time to think on your turn while people are doing stuff, even though, because my thought was, well, you have your own board, might as well be simultaneous. Sure. But it turns out it didn't need to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Almost uh, kind of like the, the variant with Carcassonne that we talked about where they say to draw at the beginning of your turn versus drawing at the end of your turn. And if you have a big group of people, you know, drawing at the end of your turn allows you that time to, like, think about it. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's too much time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so, But it speeds up the game. And, yeah. you know, you're really playing with that, like, is it worth the simultaneous play to speed up the game if it's more thinking and more crunching? And, mm-hmm. like, for this, I, I think if it was turn-based, we would have died. Like yeah. it was taking so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, since we were able to like all go together and we all are kind of challenging the machine ourselves. Yeah. So it is kind of a simultaneous solitaire situation. Right. Yeah. I, I would say this is definitely a multiplayer solitaire type game, which yeah. I don't see as a bad thing. I know some people do. I, yeah. I'm all for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Any closing thoughts about Turing Machine? Good job, Alan Turing. Uh, thank you for this. Yeah, I guess we didn't talk about where the name came from. Does someone want to explain like where, what the name came from? Because um, we've heard of Turing tests, probably more likely. Yeah, and I actually confused out... the two. I'm like, are we gonna like test our AI right now? Yeah, see if not talk robot... about AI. We can leave that alone. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a Turing machine is just a class of uh, computational machines, um, which I'm. I mean, I assume Turing came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's a way of classifying types of computers. Cool. Um, yeah. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for our next episode where we will have a little summary episode of Logical Induction Games. Thank you for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to The Tabletop Takeaway. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So please tell your friends and visit our website at thetabletoptakeaway.com where you can suggest games and mechanics for us to cover next on the show. Mm